perhaps there's no place as spectacular and as surprising as stunning Spain. Many magical moments await as you contemplate its charming countryside, bountiful beaches, majestic mountains, and non-stop nightlife. Vamonos! Join me as we discover sunny Spain and all its secret spots on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting episode of FYI. And this week, we are going to take a look at Spain. Now, most of my listeners are from Spain, so I hope this episode will not only come in handy, resultar útil, but that you'll also learn some wonderful things about your own country. Hey, I'm always learning new things about the United States and Spain. Why not? Let's take a look at the intro, because as always, I've sprinkled tons of vocabulary in there. Vocabulary that I think you should know. Some awesome adjectives and amazing expressions. And there I go with the alliteration. I'm sorry, I can't help it. No lo puedo evitar. I started out by saying, perhaps there's no place as spectacular. Fijaos en la pronunciación. Spectacular. And as surprising, sorprendente, as stunning Spain. And something that stuns you, amazes you. Then I said many magical moments await. Muchos momentos mágicos te esperan. As you contemplate, contemplar, I think that one's pretty easy. As you contemplate its charming countryside. Su campo que es... I think you say encantador. And then I said bountiful beaches. And I know you know the word beach. I just hope you pronounce the word correctly. And the word bountiful means abundante. Abundant, we can also say in English. I also said majestic mountains. And I think this one rings a bell. Majestuoso. Let's just pronounce that word together. Mountains. O si quieres, si te atreves, you can pronounce it like an American. Mountains. <laughs> hey, we'll take mountains. That works just fine. And then I wrapped it up saying it's non-stop nightlife. La vida nocturna que no para. At least in Madrid and Almería and Vigo. Hey, wait, every city I've been never sleeps. I know. I know they talk about New York as the city that never sleeps. But I will say that Spain is the country that never sleeps. And then I said, vámonos, reminds me of the music from Andalucía. We're going to talk a little bit about the music, the culture. I mean, there's so much to talk about that I think, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but I've been toying with the idea of doing a Spain-based podcast. In fact, I've even come up with an intro. I just need to find the time to do it. So are you guys ready to discover sunny Spain and all its secret spots? Sus sitios secretos? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. 
you're not just going to take my word for it today. No, 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 no. I have called upon some of my friends, some Iberophiles. Yeah, it's a word. Somebody who loves all things Spain. Well, you're located on the Iberian Peninsula, although I would have said Spainophile. But I looked it up and it doesn't exist. So Iberophiles, those are people who love Spain and everything that has to do with Spain. So what I did today in this episode, we're going to hear from a lot of my friends, some of them from Ireland, some from England, some from the United States, and they're going to tell us in their own words why they love living in this wonderful country. So we've got a really amazing show. I hope you enjoy it. Let's start off with the naming. Now, I didn't know this. This was something I learned. I imagine people who were born in Spain knew this already. But the name has Roman origins, the name Spain, and it comes from the word Hispania, a bastardized version of Hispania. Now, what does Hispania mean? Well, this was a word from Carthage, and the meaning of the word is the land of rabbits, la tierra de conejos. Now, I didn't know that. I'm sure many of you did. But then when I started to think about it, I said, well, do I see a lot of rabbits here? And not really. I see a lot of hares. And no, I'm not talking about pelos, although it sounds exactly the same. I'm talking about hair liebre, which in general, I think hares have longer ears and they're bigger. But we're not here to talk about animals. We're not here to split hairs. <laughs> See what I did there? To split hairs? We're talking about hairs? Well, to split hairs, I think you say, buscarle tres patas al gato. Like to talk about the semantics. No, no, no. We're here to talk about spectacular Spain. And it's no secret. Why? Everybody knows that Spain is amazing. Well, at least worldwide, because of the tourists it received. I have a figure here from the year 2018. We got here in Spain 82.5 million tourists in 2018. That is the second most visited nation on the planet. And I want you to think about our population, which is around 46, 47 million. Yeah. Did you do the math? 82.5 million tourists, 46 or 47 million people. So tourists account for almost double the population. It's no wonder British people, German people, French people, people from all over the world don't just want to visit Spain, but they end up investing in property here as well. And somebody I know who has invested time, energy, and money in property here. In fact, he built his home, his family here. He's a wonderful friend of mine. His name is Dan. He's not just a great friend, but he's an amazing teacher. You guys can find him on social media. It's Break Bad English. And Dan Feist is his name. He's a comedian, English teacher, writer, communicator, a jack of all trades. And he moved here many, many years ago, and he has never looked back. He's from Wisconsin, and he's going to tell us a little bit about why Spain is so special to him. Hello, FYIers. Uh, Alberto has asked me to explain a couple of the things that I really love about Spain. And I guess one thing that really caught my attention when I came here is how laid back and carefree Spain is. 
When I was growing up, I was taught that carpe diem meant you got to do a lot of work today, be very productive today, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, then I moved to Spain and realized the meaning is actually the opposite. Now, I don't mean to say that I haven't done anything since I moved here, because Spain has also given me a myriad of professional opportunities so I can continue to grow and develop. But I think one of the things that I love most about Spain, specifically Madrid, is the cobalt blue sky, that unparalleled clarity from the sunlight and the moderate climate. And I have to add on to that, that there aren't any bugs that bite. Now, that's a really big deal for somebody from Wisconsin, where we're full of mosquitoes and biting flies and all kinds of uh, crazy insects. All right. Have a great show, Alberto. See you guys soon. Well, thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate that. And what a myriad of words. A myriad. That means a lot. Yeah, well... Dan is an English teacher, so he made sure he used some wonderful vocabulary. Some of the words he mentioned were laid back. Laid back is you're not a conflictive person. You're not a person who's looking for problems. I think you would say tranquilo, laid back, carefree. These were words he used to describe the Spanish people. Libre de preocupaciones. And as he said, and I think I agree with him here, when I thought of carpe diem, seize the day, as a kid, I thought, well, that means I got to work as much as possible. And then I learned here, no, seize the day to do what you want to do, to be with your family. And as Dan, we realize here it has a totally different meaning. And I guess that was funny, too, about the bug bites, the mosquitoes. I have to say one of the things I love about Spain is you guys don't have poison ivy or poison oak. And this is kind of a this kind of rash you get on your skin when you are allergic to certain plants. And I get it. I mean, I break out in a rash like you wouldn't believe and since I moved to Spain, I haven't gotten poison ivy. So, yeah, it seems like you guys have got that nature under control. Fewer mosquitoes, fewer poisonous plants. And don't forget about that cobalt blue sky. Oh, man, Dan hit the nail on the head. Remember, if you want to follow Dan, I highly recommend it. It's Break Bad English. He's a great dude, and he calls Spain home. And like many people who I talked to for this episode, they mention the sun. We always talk about that Spanish sun. I talked about it in the intro. But also, we talk about the sun when we're referring to the empire. The sun never set on the Spanish empire. I mean, for a while, it was the most powerful country in the world. It was uh, even above the Portuguese empire. The Portuguese had a huge trading empire. But Spain, they were pioneers. They found their way across North, Central, and South America. I mean, they took hold of the Philippines for over 300 years. Now, some people will say, okay, this is imperialistic, but everybody was doing that. It was kill or be killed. It was conquer or be conquered. And the Spanish knew that. And they got a lot of gold out of the deal, muchísimo oro. They got tons of treasures that they found in the New World. But also, they left behind a huge 
cultural legacy. There are a whole lot of Spanish speakers in the world thanks to Spain and the Spanish Empire and its conquests. According to a figure I have here, there are over 570 million Hispanophones in the world. Now, those are people who speak Spanish. It's second only to Mandarin Chinese. It's spoken in most Latin American countries, as you know, except maybe Belize and Brazil. It's spoken in Equatorial Guinea. Just to give you an idea, a total of 21 nations speak Spanish daily. As I said before, I could do a whole podcast on Spain and its history, but we're just going to sum up a few things, a few major moments in Spanish history. As many of you know, for five centuries, Spanish was under more control. The Moors from North Africa who invaded Spain in 711 AD and, well, they were finally kicked out in 1492, which is a very famous year for Americans. We think of Christopher Columbus and the Catholic kings. And they were very important in the unification of Spain because, like many other European countries, what we know as modern-day Spain was, well, many individual kingdoms. And, well, in the 15th century, Ferdinand, I was going to say Fernando, but we'll say it in English, Ferdinand of Aragon and Isabel of Castile married and they united their respective kingdoms. And this was part of the unification of Spain. We can't talk about Spain without talking about the Spanish Civil War, but I know that that can be a touchy subject, so we're not gonna really go into detail there. But the Spanish Civil War, a bloody civil war that was fought from 1936 to 1939. And I'll quote Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses. There's a song called Civil War. And he says, what's so civil about war anyway? So it's funny because I've just gone through hundreds and hundreds of years of Spanish history in two minutes. But remember, this is not a history lesson. We're just looking at all kinds of different things. In fact, in the bonus part of today's show, we're going to take a look at Spanish food, Spanish customs. We're also going to hear from more of my friends who are living in Spain and so much more. That's in the bonus part of of today's show. And remember, if you want access to the bonus audio and you want PDFs with all the vocabulary in each episode, plus you can get weekly and monthly classes with me, all while being part of a curious community, you can find out more on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and join our amazing community. Remember, if you want a little sample, because, well, maybe you're thinking, I don't really get it. I don't know what it is. Let me know. Contact me and I can send you some PDFs. I can send you a sample class because, as I said, we have class on a weekly and monthly basis. So if you want to find out more, it's over at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And I'd like to send a shout out to all my patrons and a special shout out to my super duper students, Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, and Edgar. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isa, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. 
Thank you so much to all of you for the support and keep up the great work. Remember, if you want more information, you can find out more at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. So getting back to the history of Spain, what I was getting at, a lo que iba, is that there has been so much history in Spain, wars, conquistas, yeah, that's a word we say as well, a conquistador, yeah, we use the word fiesta, siesta, conquistador, <laughs> hey, amigo, there's another one, I love that one, well, what did all this mean, all this made Spain a very cultural and historically significant place, there's a reason why Spain has 47 UNESCO World Heritage Sites. You're thinking, 47? Whoa, Spain is a pretty small country to have 47 UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Well, only Italy and China have more heritage sites. They have 55. So Spain is a close second. And all of these are the result of the Romans who were here back uh, from 600 to 700 BC. We even see stuff from the Etruscans. I mean, you've got such a rich and varied history. Look at the Alhambra. It doesn't even look like something from Spain. It looks like something from the African or from the Arab section of the world. And we've got everything from aqueducts to amphitheaters to Roman baths. I mean, what's your thing? Historically speaking, Spain has got you covered because of all the different things that have happened in this very strategic, very important land. I mean, just think of where Spain is located on the globe. Yeah. Why do you think the Americans had so many bases here? It's centrally located. Why do you think the new world was discovered from here? So Spain has got a lot going for it. Not just all the beautiful cultural and historical heritage, but just the location, the people. I mean, there's so much you can see and do. I've been to many of these, but there are still many that I haven't been to. I haven't been to the cave of Altamira. I was at Atapuerca, the archaeological site, which is absolutely fascinating. I've been to the Alhambra. I haven't been to the Temple of Diana. That's another one that is well known. So, so many things, and you'll see influence from Romans to Moors, to anything you can possibly imagine. That is what I call culturally rich. I mean, we even have the oldest restaurant in the world. It's located on Calle Cuchilleros in Madrid, and it's called Restaurante Botín. And according to the Guinness Book of World Records, this is the oldest restaurant in the world, opened in 1725. I've been there. I remember I went there with my grandmother before she passed away. And you know what? I didn't even realize it was the oldest restaurant until we left. So I just stumbled upon it. To stumble upon something is encontrártelo sin querer. And the center of Madrid is the perfect place to stumble on some historic watering holes. A watering hole is another way to say a bar. Uh, that area I just mentioned, how many places did Ernest Hemingway frequent in that area. Some of his old haunts. Uh, old haunts are sitios que él frecuentaba. 
And you know, here in Spain, we take our food and drink seriously. We don't joke around when it comes to food and drink. And I have a friend who's going to tell us a little bit more about this. Now, this is my friend Suzanne. She was on the show about cats. She's also a patron, an amazing person from England who's been living in Barcelona for 20 years. And she's going to tell us about something that she found interesting when it comes to ordering food and drink, coffee to be specific. So let's hear from Suzanne at English Smarts. Hey there, it's Suzanne from English Smarts on Twitter and Instagram. So I've been living in Barcelona for well over 20 years now, and there are heaps of things I love about living here. One in particular that stands out um, for me is I love how that you can sit down at a cafe with, let's say, eight, ten friends, and each person will want their coffee prepared in a different way. One of you wants their coffee with ice, another person wants their coffee with a dash of liqueur, another person wants theirs with skimmed milk, someone else wants theirs with lukewarm milk, somebody wants theirs with very, very hot milk, um, somebody wants their milk in a glass and not in a cup or a mug, maybe somebody wants a particular sweetener. So what's, what's more, the waiter won't bat an eyelid at this like long list of, of details. If you did this in London, I reckon the waiter would tell you to take a running jump. So, yeah, I love the appreciation of, of the fact that everyone likes their food and drink how they like it. Very, very funny. See, Suzanne, that was an awesome observation. It's true. I would hate to be a waiter here in Spain because uh, breakfast can be a pretty tedious task. Everybody wants their coffee a certain way. And as Suzanne said, why not? I'm paying for the coffee. I want it to be tailor-made, hecho a medida. And as you can see, our friend Suzanne used tons of amazing vocabulary in her little part as well. So thank you so much, Suzanne, for contributing to the show. Remember, you guys can follow her on Twitter at English Smarts. That's right, arroba, which is at English Smarts. And how could I forget to mention Spanish beaches? I mean, that should have been the first thing I talked about. Well, Spain has, are you ready for this? 8,000 kilometers of coastline, an equivalent of 8,000 beaches. So basically our beaches are one kilometer. <laughs> if you do the math, ¿ves? Hasta ahí llego. <laughs> so 8,000 kilometers of coastline, that's 8,000 beaches. It translates into 8,000 beaches. Now, 4,964 are on the peninsula. But don't forget, guys, we've got the Canary Islands and we've got the Balearic Islands, which brings our coastline to 8,000 kilometers. Now, in the whole world, there are 356,000 kilometers of coastline. And Spain has got a huge chunk of it. And I don't have to tell you how different our beaches are. Anybody who's ever been to San Jose or Cabo de Gata, well, they know that that's very, very different than the beaches in the Basque country. And that's something we're going to talk about too. The diversity, not only in the people, the history, the cultural heritage, but also in the landscape. Because yeah, we just mentioned beaches, but what about mountains? That's right. Sierra Nevada, 
Picos de Europa, the Pyrenees, even in Madrid, we have some ski resorts. So this is a place that has anything and everything you could possibly be looking for, at least as far as landscapes are concerned. And I knew Spain was a mountainous country, but I had no idea that it's the second most mountainous European country after Switzerland. So we've got beaches, we've got mountains, we've got everything you want. And in our 17 autonomous regions or communities as you call them, each one has something special in store. Que te espera. So why don't we listen to the last one in this part. This is the last audio note. It's my friend Brendan. He is from Ireland. He's been living in Spain for 30 years. So you can imagine he loves it here. And he's going to tell us a little bit more about the diversity in personality, in landscape, and so much more. And he uses some really nice adjectives to describe the Spanish people. So here's my buddy Brendan Ryan. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. What an amazing teacher, a fantastic person, and he is in love with Spain. Hello, FYI listeners. My name is Brendan. I'm from Dublin, Ireland, and I've been living in Spain for about 30 years now. So what can I say about my adoptive country? You know, it's very easy to generalize when it comes to talking about Spain and Spaniards, but I think that's a mistake. Spain is an incredibly diverse place. And people's personalities and traits, rasgas of personalidad, vary from region to region. But at least in my experience, there are a few that are common to all Spaniards, wherever they may be from. Hospitable, hospitalaria, is perhaps the adjective that comes to mind first. I've always felt very welcome in Spain. And Spaniards are also very warm people. Es gente cálida, gente acogedora. And I felt this warm welcome hundreds or maybe even thousands of times over the last three decades. So whether it be a get-together, una quedada, at friends' houses, or a lunch or dinner out in a restaurant, Spaniards are really great at making you feel welcome. The diversity I mentioned is certainly another of its big attractions, at least for me. From the lush green landscapes, los paisajes verdes frondosos, in the north of Spain with its snowy mountain peaks, to its sandy beaches in the south and crystalline waters and coves, calas, along its eastern coast, there really is something for everyone here, and each region has its own particular history, culture, cuisine, and even language in some cases. And that's what makes Spain so interesting. You never really get bored here. There's always something new to discover. So here's to 30 years more in Spain. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. I think Brendan nailed it. He hit the nail on the head. He said there's always something new to discover, and he couldn't be more right. And speaking of new things to discover, we're going to discover so much more about Spain in the bonus part of today's FYI.